Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's Loki. Love is an imaginary dagger. It doesn't make sense, does it? No. Terrible metaphor. What's up, Time Fugitives, and welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and in this week's episode, titled Lamentus, we see Loki learn more about the variant, all while screwing up her plans in a way that will forever alter both of their destinies. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in a snap. Now, usually this is where I'd introduce you to our two regular hosts, but unfortunately, they've been they've been sucked through a time door and are off causing nexus events on another timeline. Uh, so <laughs> thankfully, we did manage to summon, summon uh, you know, my my variant and oh boy, oh boy, he is a Special variant indeed. Uh, so before we board the train to the evacuation vessel, let me introduce you to our wonderful guest. Joining me on the show today, making his Watch Club debut. He's the devil that dictates the proper flow of time while still diligently delighting delicately the dearest of devious demons for decades across multiple dimensions. He's the movie podcast's own dazzling diabolical Daniel Baptista. Hello there, everybody. <laughs> Nate, again, as I've always loved to tell you, I, I'm such a fan of what you do, and what an introduction. <laughs> what an introduction to be to, to join the show with, and just the amount of alliteration in there. I just, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm man. a big fan of that. I just hope, I hope we can have you on for for more episodes because I don't know how many D words I can come I can come up with. Like, you know, you may have used them all. I might we have don't used know all of them. We don't know. We yet. don't know. Uh, I'm so stoked to have you on Watch Club. Finally, I mean, you know, I've been on uh, your podcast uh, a few times, I think, and and I think it's about yeah, time that we have you on this what's, one. What's 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 the holdup? It's it's taking too long. Dude. How many how many times do we have to have you on before you get the clue? Way to too long. Way too. I'm <laughs> listen, listen. I'm just stoked to have you on and and. I've, you know, I've been a TMP diehard, or is it pod movie movie head? What do you guys call your fans? Uh, do you guys have a name for them? Oh my God, you're putting me on the spot now. You know the <laughs> no, no, you don't have to brand it now. T TMPs, the Timps. <laughs> the yeah, Timps? Uh, you're a Timpy. You're a Timpy. A Timpy. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll think of something better for you. <laughs> for our listeners who might want to become Timpies, can you let them know what you're all about? Yeah, so the movie podcast is a show that you can catch a brand new episode of it every single Monday across all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we do review episodes for all the latest movies and series as well, so those will be sprinkled throughout the week as we watch new things. Uh, we also just love to talk to special guests from across the movie industry, so most recently we had Tara Strong, Miss Minutes herself, on the show. Uh, next week on the movie podcast, we're going to have uh, Gabriel Berstein, who is the cinematographer for Black Widow. Uh, so it's been a really fun kind of few weeks of guests. Oh, yeah, we had Tony Bancroft who directed the animated Mulan film, and he worked on, like, Pumbaa and the Lion King and stuff like crazy, that. crazy, so, You know, we, we love talking to these people. Like, we love talking to people who 
make the things that we love. And we've been really fortunate to have some really cool guests and like you included Nate. So we're, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, great. I'm, we I'm have up a, there we for have, sure. I'm up there for sure. You know, you're yeah, up there. Yeah. You're right up there. Tara Strong, <laughs> Nate. Nate. You know, you're Nate. <laughs> Dude, um, I just, no, I love, but, you know, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I love when you message me yeah. out of the blue and you're just like, oh yeah, we're, we're interviewing like the director of the goofy movie or something like that. Yeah. Like I'm just blown away every single time, man. Thanks, man. And honestly, you know, you, we've, we've been really lucky and we've had some really great conversations with people. But, you know, at the end of the day, as you know, it all comes back just to the love of movies. And I think the movie podcast is all about that, you know, and I'm lucky to do it with Anthony and Shabazz. And um, we've just, you know, in April, we hit our 100th episode of our main show. Congrats. And we've had over 100 other reviews, too. So, uh, yeah, no, we love what we're doing. We're hoping we could do it even more. So if you like that, you know, you could check us out. Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, TikTok, you know, for the youths out there. You guys, you guys um, doing like the, the dances? Can you do the dances, Daniel? Yeah, we do. We do all the dances. <laughs> we do them while also reading uh, dialogue from dramas. Yes. You know, from the best picture drama winners. You or know, one of one of Anthony's many, many quotes, you know. Yeah. You know, he's um, he is a philosopher, that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think one of his was like something. I'm going to butcher it, but it's like if you're thick, you don't move fast or something like that. Yeah, you know, he, something along the he, you know, he thinks of them in the moment, yeah. and he's like, "Can you tell that was on the spot?" And I'm like, "Yes, we can," <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes they stick. You know, That's sometimes awesome. they stick. Very cool. Well, listen, I cannot wait to uh, to hear more from the movie podcast, and and hopefully, uh, you know, you've got that interview with uh, T. Shells himself coming up, Mr. Timothy Chalamet. I'm sure. Oh, man. I hope you know <laughs> T. Shells. You know, you got Dune coming up this year in Toronto. Yeah. If you're if you're in town, man, you know, just drop just on, drop, drop in, just drop we, by. We'll, we'll find time for you. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, we'll find time for you. Cool, amazing, and I'll obviously be on that episode as well. Uh, but uh, let's let's uh, let's kind of get into this. You know, with Watch Club, we always like to go through the plot section by section, break things down. Um, but before we get into this plot and sort of you know trap our listeners in the apocalypse that is our thoughts on what happened in this week's episode uh let's start with a brief overview your high level thoughts on the episode and daniel because you're joining uh this watch club for the first time can you also share your thoughts on the series so far you know i've been really enjoying the series so far you know when when we look at you know wandavision and we look at the falcon and winter soldier and we look at um loki they have been three very distinct different stories that the mcu is telling to start this new phase Right. We haven't even gotten a film yet. Black Widow's not coming out yeah. for another three weeks or so. So it's been really cool seeing these new stories of characters that haven't really gotten the time to shine yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I think of Loki, who, you know, we've gotten a lot of Loki throughout the Thor films and the first Avengers film. But now we're getting a really chance to dive into who this character is. Yeah. And, you know, Loki is a charming character. He's witty. He's he's smart. He's cunning and he's mischievous. And. You know, we don't always need giant action set pieces for him to shine because I think his character moments shine even brighter than that. So I've been really enjoying the series so far. And I think this episode especially, yes, it wasn't the most action-packed or uh, quickly paced episode that we've gotten so far. Right. Um, I did enjoy the character moments of the show between Loki and Loki's variant, which yes, we'll get to the name of. For sure. Um. But I also just like I just like seeing them interact, and I liked seeing that. I think this episode is going to be very important in the next three episodes to come. Still, yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I think I think even as a series, I think this is more important, uh, at least than Falcon and Winter Soldier. I know WandaVision obviously is going to play a, a big role, and I think 
Falcon and Winter Soldier for for setting up our new Captain America with Sam. I think right. it absolutely was important in its own right. But in terms of how it actually is going to affect the MCU at large, um, I think this series more than even those two is going to really uh, make a big difference. Um, this week, though, for this episode, it was a bit mixed for me. Um, I think, you know, I enjoyed the episode a lot. It, it did slow down a little more than I wanted to. Definitely, um, definitely did. I like how it embraced the sort of weird parts of Marvel. And, you know, I want more of that from the series. I got vibes of like Doctor Who throughout the episode, as well as like the Mandalorian. Yes. Um, and so Even a bit of Snowpiercer, a little bit well, of Snowpiercer. You know, like... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A ton of like sort of winks and nods, if you will. Um, and I, I was I was happy to get more backstory for, uh, again, the variant is what we're going to call it for now. But um, I, I, I just thought that the the action was great when it was there. The humorous moments were great when they were there, but the pacing wasn't... I don't think the pacing was done as well as the previous two episodes. So for me, I can't say I enjoyed it as much as last week's episode. But um, with all that being said, let's not waste any time. Let's just get into the plot. So the episode starts with Haley Kiyoko's song, Demons, uh, which is a banger, by the way. I really I downloaded it right away. Um, over <laughs> the Marvel fanfare as it turns into green and then cuts to a restaurant where we see best friends Hunter C20 and the variant enjoying some frozen margaritas uh, while discussing topics like brain freeze, as well as the number of people guarding the timekeepers. We then cut to see the variant standing over a passed out C-20, enchanting her to reveal the location of the gold elevators leading to the timekeepers. This makes her pretty happy until she looks over at the security monitors and is shocked to see Loki and the TVA have arrived. Uh, and then we cut to the title sequence. So, Daniel, I want to know, what did you think of this opening moment? And were you fooled just like C-20 was, or did you know what was really going on? You know, I, I love this moment. I think, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for any time the MCU places a different song over, like, the Marvel fanfare yep. that goes on. Uh, we don't get it too often. I We got it in Falcon and Winter Soldier with, you know, that, that slamming version of the, the marching band version <laughs> of, like, so good. Man with a Plan. Yeah. Um, happened in Avengers Endgame. But I love that. And I love, I love how, like, it gives a language to the show. And I also really like that this opening also, I think, sets the kind of stage for what's to come with this variant and what her powers are. Yeah. We know her to be a, a variant of Loki, but we're now also seeing that her powers are a little bit different than Loki's. And I think that it, that it's setting the stage for that to come um, later on in the episode. Um, in terms of, did I believe what was going on? I definitely felt something was off. Here. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely felt, okay, there's, there's something wrong here. There's, is this like, it, it starts off you're like, yes, it kind of looks like a flashback, but it also looks like a flashback that, she shouldn't be part of right so i it definitely it definitely put me on like the back heels a little bit kind of anticipating something that happened i mean i was i don't know i was fooled for for up until obviously when she asked the the question right about about the timekeepers right. but like i don't know man i was totally fooled because like i i i was i was thinking okay whoa okay they did have a relationship prior to this yeah. and that's why she picked c20 specifically but uh but no i was i was fooled just like she was and uh and <laughs> but you know what I, I did love um kind of near the tail end of that sequence when you know you see her look over at the the monitors and she sees loki um and and you just see her sort of expression drop she's smiling because she's happy that she found out this information and then she's immediately surprised to see them so it just kind of shows like for as planned as she is you can see in her face that she wasn't expecting Loki and the TVA to to be there, right? No, not at all. Yeah. And I, and I think that's that's what's so great. I think um, with Loki and 
just throughout the series, what, what's nice seeing is Loki not being in control. And I think that's when he shines the most. And I like seeing that she's kind of wasn't in control in that situation. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it all goes downhill from there. So then we, we see the variant arrive through a time door into the TVA as she sneaks up to a TVA agent only to realize her magic isn't effective in that realm, uh, which brings her to blows with a few other TVA agents until she's confronted by Loki, who followed her through the same time door. Loki, with his signature blades in hand, attempts to reason with the variant yet again with no luck, and they continue fighting until they're both interrupted by Ravona, who attempts to prune both of them, but misses as Loki brings both the variant and himself through another time door, and they land on their backs in a tent. Then, after a brief squabble in which they discover the Tempad is out of juice, they're interrupted one more time from a small meteorite landing between them. They run outside the tent only to realize they're on an inhabited moon called Lamentis 1, which, you know, normally that would be fine, except for the fact that they're in the year 2077 during the destruction of the moon as a planet is about to collide into it, wiping out the entirety of its inhabitants. Uh, so no big deal. No big deal. No right? big deal. No big deal there. Uh, <laughs> it's like just a massive planet is falling down on you. I, you know, it's giving it me happens, visual. Man. Well, you know it what? Happens. It reminded me so much of of Endgame. Um, or was it Endgame? Or no? I guess it would have been um, uh, Infinity War when Infinity when War. when Thanos is bringing the other planet into the other planet or whatever the moon. Oh yeah, when he throws the moon at Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> um, so I got a lot of feels from there. But what did you think of you know seeing? Um, yeah, I guess kind of going back, the variant sort of fighting in her own style at the TVA. Yeah. Uh, and then what did you think of Lamentis 1? Um, you know, it was really cool. I, I love I, I love the set design and just like the, the art direction of the TVA. I love that 70s analog aesthetic. Yeah. So coming, coming back here was great. Um, but again, I'm a sucker for any time Loki flips his daggers like that. It's just so <laughs> badass. Yeah. Um, and I love yeah. seeing now like Loki is going to be fighting a variant of himself and like because they're variants like they almost know what to expect but you also don't know what to expect right like, there's an anticipation there so seeing them fight was really cool and i think the variant had a really cool fight style and you know seeing her kind of like va vaporize the other tva agents so like, cool. or, i guess reset them yeah it's so cool i just love that just the visual language of this episode right so um it was great seeing them there and then when they drop into lamentus one um like i, I was getting like mandalorian vibes you know like because yeah. it just felt like a planet that you know that Mando would that would be on and he's in search of something there with like with uh you know with Grogu. So it was it Dude, was cool seeing if that. If Mando right? takes Grogu to that planet though at in 2077, he's in a lot of trouble. You know what I'm you saying? <laughs> I would I think the the I think all the fans would be quite upset to They're see like, Grogu. No, not then. Grogu go out that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just but, from meteor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think her fighting style is just very different than what we've seen in the MCU before. And seeing her, you know, finally it's in her body. She's not forcing other, you know, like a, right. like a, some Texas guy to fight for her. Some or whatever. poor supermarket shopper yes. during a, during a, during <laughs> the end it? of the a world. Just trying to sale. buy something. Yeah. 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 yeah um, so. no, it was cool. And I got super matrix vibes. Her jumping off the wall that one point doing like a backflip was oh, so yeah. cool. Um, Sophia and, DiMartino, man, she's awesome. She's, she's unreal. awesome in this role. So unreal. Far. Um, and, and I've been digging that. Uh, obviously, the the knife flip, as you mentioned. Um, I also enjoy that. Like Miss Minute seems to be like the Siri of this universe. Like when yes. she's when she's on the tent pad, it's like you're out of juice. And I was just like, how yeah. can you be mad at that? You know what I mean? You can't. You can't she's be so mad. sweet. She's so sweet. She's so sweet. Um, I love her. <laughs> and then speaking of Lamentus One, you know, in the trailers, I think a lot of people, there were a lot of people that thought. 
oh, it's a uh, you know a purple planet, and there's that's Black Widow sitting with him, and obviously, yeah. oh, are we on Volmir? Right, like, it, and it's like there's there's more than one purple planet in the MCU as we're discovering. Come on, so, guys, you know. <laughs> so now we, but, you know. hey man, the speculation train will always go right? right, absolutely. But I will say this: I don't think we saw that shot in this episode. So I'm wondering if maybe that's our our next episode. Maybe that's where we start off. We'll, maybe we'll get we'll get a little bit more into that maybe at the end of the, the podcast. But uh, I'm here for it. Listen, we then see Loki and the variant saving each other at different times as they make their way across the meteor shower safely into an abandoned mining shaft. After awkwardly, uh, very awkwardly, discovering that she's unable to enchant Loki, the two continue to argue until finally coming to an agreement to set out to find a way to recharge the Tempad so they can get back to the TVA. While traveling there, the Variant asks not to be called Variant, and Loki says he won't call some faded photocopy of himself Loki. She expresses that's fine because she actually wants to be called Sylvie now. Uh, Loki quips, mm. hey, that's not very Loki-like and how, you know, how he would have never executed the plan the way she did. And she responds by saying, yeah, well, I'm not you. So, you know, Marvel <laughs> likes to play with these little lines of dialogue. And even just her saying, yeah, well, I'm not you. You know, with her revealing her, her actual name as Sylvie, not wanting to be Loki, What's going on here, Daniel? Do you think, is this a Loki that we're dealing with? Is this not a Loki? What's what's happening? I don't know. Honestly, like, I could see them going a couple different ways with this. Like, she could easily be a Loki variant. Yeah. I'll be here for that. But also a character that we haven't really seen in the MCU yet was an Enchantress who, oh, yeah. you know, every time there's, like, a villain for Thor, like, people are like, oh, it's going to be Enchantress. It's going to be this. So <laughs> right. uh, I could see her going that route, them going that route, too. Um, there's also another line in this in this moment where, like, uh, or I guess when they were fighting the TVA where like, like she's like, Oh, like Loki says like, you're in my way. And yes. she's like, or he says, you are my way. And yes. I love that. Cause it's like, like there's just a conflicting like nature between them. And and I really dig that. There's a great ju- uh, juxtaposition between them, but yeah, man, honestly, like I feel like there's going to be some big reveals that maybe she isn't a variant of Loki. Maybe she's just someone else entirely. I mean, in the comics, where are you with it? Well, I, I was going to say, in the comics, there's a character uh, named Sylvie Lushton, and who is the Enchantress, as you were pointing out. Um, this seems to be a mix of both, though. You know what I mean? Like, are, maybe they're mixing those characters together. Yep. Uh, I don't know, man. But at the same time, like, it also seems too obvious. Like, with the whole, you know, uh, with the, <laughs> my other host will be... Uh, laughing at this point if they're listening to this, but with the whole Mephisto thing happening in WandaVision and mm. everyone being, oh, Mephisto, hey, uh, you know, and everyone big brained on their podcast being like, well, have you heard of Mephisto? Because it's probably Mephisto. Mephisto. <laughs> that's a great Eric Voss impersonation. There you go. <laughs> that's my that's my <laughs> Eric Voss. Yeah. Buy the t-shirt. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think, um, you know, it, it, it's very much like Marvel to pull the wool over our eyes. So maybe she's neither. Maybe she's neither. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. One thing I did really want to just call out that was probably my favorite line of the entire episode was just independence, authority, style. And he does like the, the collar pop as he says style. And I'm just like, I love it. Ah, oh, it's so Loki like Loki has such a swagger to him. I love it. Oh, he's, I love it. he's the best. He's the best. Uh, after a few tricky attempts to get Loki to hand over the temp pad, Sylvie and Loki encounter a hut with someone inside. And after attempting both brute force and diplomacy slash guile, they are both comedically blown away by a shock rifle wielding widow. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, who informs wow. them of the arc. 
the evacuation vessel used to rescue this planet's population. Loki and Sylvie make their way to the train where they see a large group of impoverished people begging to board, while the wealthy and high-status inhabitants board with ease. Loki uses his power to disguise himself as an officer, bringing Sylvie on board as a prisoner. The two make it into a booth at the train's bar, and while trying not to fall asleep, they discuss Loki's mother and how Sylvie doesn't remember hers. They also discuss what love is, first with Sylvie saying love is hate, uh, followed by her assessment that love is mischief. She also reveals that she's had an ongoing long-distance relationship with a postman. Sylvie mentions how the next task in their journey isn't going to be easy and that they should rest. And, uh, and Loki tells Sylvie, listen, you rest your way. I'll rest mine. And he continues to just drink himself to, to drunkness, <laughs> uh, which I ends up it. being for a really wonderful moment. But we'll get to that. Um, some cool reveals here. Um, before I kind of get to my questions, um, you know, we did we did get a reveal that uh, Marvel is, you know, it is in canon now that Loki is bisexual and actually both him and Sylvie, I, I'm assuming, because he sort of says, and I, I, he's like, and you as well. Um, Loki in general is bisexual. So we finally got that uh, sort of confirmation for, I think this is the first time we're getting a character like that um, in the MCU, someone who's, who's bisexual. Yeah. And I, and I think, well, we, yeah, because we had a, in Avengers Endgame, we had a Joe Russo who played like a, a, a gay character. Right. Um, but to have like it kind of like explicitly like reveal like this, I think it's great. And, you know, Kate Huron, who's the director of the show, uh, made a point of talking about this on Twitter that she was so because she herself is bisexual. And yeah. they said, like, you know, this is a step uh, for Marvel. It's a step in the right direction. And I, and I like that. And, you know, we've seen in TVA documents, if you've kind of paused and uh, like evaluated them and scoped around the scenes, you would see that like he's gender fluid. But to have it confirmed that he's a bisexual character, I think that's awesome. And I think. It's uh, like, you know, like the director said, this is a step in the right direction. And um, this is straight from the comics. Yeah. Right. So this is this is something that has been in the comic books. Um, so people always talk about being true to the comics. This is it. And I, and I love that because I think um, having, you know, just representation like that, especially with a, a character like Loki is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do. I applaud, you know, Marvel for for jumping into this. You know, we've seen in the past between, you know, maybe not so much Marvel, but I know with at least Disney, they have had their share of controversy of sort of, you know, not fully, you know, committing to a character's uh, yeah. sexual like, orientation. Who, who, here's a here's a character that we could easily, you know, cut out of the China version or the Russia version. Right. Or here are these two characters in the back that <laughs> if you didn't know to look for it, you wouldn't have seen them. Exactly. Kiss, you know what I mean? So. So it is. Um, or, it is... In, or in Beauty and the Beast, the little look between. Uh, oh. I ship them so hard. So. Disney, just make that happen, please. <laughs> give us the give us their relation. Anyways, um, I also, um, you know, I think with with uh, Young Avengers, you know, clearly they're setting up Young Avengers, and we've Definitely. got we've got Wiccan and Hulkling um, that you know hopefully we'll get to see on screen with their relationship as well. So it is it Very is cool. really 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 cool, and you know, as uh, as the director sort of put it, like it's it's a it's a next step. Right. And I, I uh, definitely I think that's awesome. Um, along with some of the questions, though, I, I did want to ask, like, you know, this conversation, we get a lot of back and forth between the two of them sort of comparing their lives. And, you know, I wanted to ask, do you think do you think Sylvie was also a frost giant or did she have any connection to Odin and Hera at all? Honestly, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I'm not too sure because, you know, I love the I love this moment where they're exchanging stories and, you know, like she's like, well, 
I knew I was adopted and Loki's like, well, they didn't tell me I was adopted. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, you're seeing like, you're like, okay, you guys are one of the same, but you're not. And you guys went through different things and you were, ex- you experienced different things. So I'm curious, like when it's, maybe she's not a frost giant, maybe she's a, from another realm or she's something else. But um, I do love that Loki spoke so openly about Frigga and his, his relationship with his mom, because it, out of everything we've known that Loki's relationship with his mom is so important yeah. and she was such a loving person. And I loved him just openly talking about her that way. Um, and like kind of what she taught him and everything and basically told him you could do whatever you want to do. You could be whatever you want to be. And like, that's the kind of encouragement you want from a parent. Right. Yes, absolutely. So it was cool seeing that, but yeah, I think with her, maybe she like, cause she didn't really remember her, her, her mom that much. Right. right? So maybe, maybe that's kind of what set her down a different path. And, mm-hmm. I, and I dig that. Cause like, we don't know what she's gone through yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think it, to your point with them sort of bringing up the, the Frigga stuff, like it kind of helps to, um, I, I would say almost make Thor two a better movie. You know what I mean? Like oh. with so much between, <laughs> between the two Marvel's of them. Marvel's been doing that so often lately. <laughs> you know, with, like with Endgame and infinity war and Ragnarok, they're always finding ways to, Make the dark world a better film, which is great. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> it. I'm always here for that. Absolutely. Um, and I, the other thing I wanted to bring up as well was uh, the postman that Sylvie's referencing. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I Sylvie is is jumping through different timelines. She's she's meeting different people. And I saw a video online that speculated that it was um, that it was Stan Lee. And because Stan Lee, I think at one point in one of the movies plays a postman for UPS or something like that. And then, you know, his connection to the watchers, like his, his, you know, or whatever. So maybe, maybe it was a reference to Stan Lee, but if they wanted to, if they wanted to go a little further with it, you know, hear me out here. There's another prominent postman who was also conveniently enchanted, but by a different witch, but in a very similar way. And that's Dennis from WandaVision. Do you, think, do, you think I, do you think I'm crazy here? Is this, like, what do you think? Is this another Mephisto speculation going on? Or do you think there's a connection Nate, to Dennis? what are you drinking right now? Because I want some, too. It's just some iced tea. Uh, no, honestly, man, here's the thing. Yeah. Marvel can do what the world that Marvel has built. Yeah. They could do whatever they want, and it will be believable. Yeah. And I, and I say that jokingly, but I also mean it to be true, because they've created such an incredible world of characters and realities that we're at a point now that... Any path they go down, they could find a way of tying it in and bringing it all together, and it will make sense, and it won't feel like cheesy or hokey or anything like that. So you know what? I'm on board for your for Let's your. Let's go. Let's get Dennis you know, back. I'm I'm on I am on your Dennis train. You know what I mean? <laughs> in fact, I wouldn't mind if we got some of the other uh, other cast members from that show back into the MCU. Um, you know, I think I saw a, a, a quick post the other day, and I, I I don't know the actors' names unfortunately, but like the guy who who um, oh what's his name is Ralph Ralph I think maybe or oh Ralph Boner no oh, yeah, no no Peters? Ralph Boner who is the guy that oh Evan uh, Peters no there was a guy that that um frick. Uh, Vision, he was the first guy that he sort of like pressed into his mind and he was like, he was like, oh no, you know. Um, oh yeah, he was a great actor. Right? Oh my goodness. Frick. He was, I'll tell you right now what his name okay, was. Okay, cool. Asif Ali is his name. Asif Ali, yeah. And I've seen him yeah, on- and his name, on was Norm. Norm, his name was Norm. Norm, there he is. I've yeah. seen him on TikTok. He but was like, also in Mando. Yes, that's what I, that's what I was referring to. So yeah. there's, a, there's a picture online of both Casey from this series and Norm from WandaVision. They were both- in the Mandalorian in the same episode. So yep. I'm just like, might as well Same keep them around. Confirmed. You know what you I know? mean? 
I like it. Iron I like Man. I like the way you think, Nate. Let's I've always them. told you that. I like the way you think. <laughs> Let's bring them back. Uh, maybe give them their own show. Uh, as massive pieces of the planet continue to plummet into the surface of the moon, uh, we cut back to see Sylvie wake up only to hear Loki singing in as Guardian, I think, uh, and, and partying it up with all the other passengers on board. Sylvie notices one of the passengers leaving and tells Loki he needs to be more careful. He says she's too paranoid and tries to share a metaphor for love, uh, failing quite spectacularly at it, uh, involving an imaginary dagger. Uh, the train's guards request to see Loki's tickets, and after accidentally conjuring up some fireworks, the two engage in a brawl, resulting in Loki getting thrown off the train and Sylvie jumping off after him. At this point, Sylvie has had enough and demands Loki give her the tempad, but when he reaches for it, it's no longer functional. In fact, it's broken into a bunch of pieces. She says, he's not a serious man. And then she screams, <laughs> and then she walks away from him. Uh, he sits down next to her, and he asks her, like, did it, did it help, the scream? And she's like, it did. You should try it. <laughs> uh, and uh, Right? And then he convinces her to help him hijack the Ark and get off the moon safely, which is something that has never happened yet. Uh, well, they are both on their way into town. Sylvie informs Loki how enchantment works, all while revealing, and this was the big, the big kind of pop for the episode, at least for me, that all the people at the TVA are variants, which just shocked me. It shocked Loki, uh, and he's, he quickly is to mention, he's like, well, they, they don't know that. And you can sort of see in his eyes and, and in, in his tone, I think you see his, how much he cares for Mobius in that moment. Like, oh my gosh, so. Mobius, sure. like, I need to tell him. Um, so, you know, I got to ask you, what, what's going on? What are these TVA agents really? Are they all people from Earth? Um, is Mobius, like, is he secretly, like, a competitive jet ski champion? Or maybe, like, <laughs> maybe Casey is, like, a fish salesman because he doesn't know what maybe. fish are. I don't know. Do you have any theories you know, on who these people actually are? Man, it's really interesting. I'm just, I'm just curious, like, if these are just normal human beings just from different places in the world, I'm just, like, how do they end up there, right? And that's a right. big question. I think... The way this was revealed, too, is a little underhanded because it wasn't painted as this giant reveal. It was just like something that Sylvie said in passing. Yeah. And Loki was just like, hold on a second. That's that's, it's I big. think, going to be a really big repercussion going forward in the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, especially with episodes four, five, six. This is going to be a major factor of what's going to dictate where the show is going to go from here. For sure. And, it, you know, it also it also kind of... Um provides a little bit more context for what's actually happening when they prune someone, right? Like right. we thought they just disappeared like Thanos style, but yeah, they, they, just... they seem to be being like reset or something maybe. Like maybe they're, they're, they're constantly just resetting these sort of drones, if you will. Um, and, and it helps to keep them in line. Yeah, it could very well just be like they're being reset to their timeline. And if they, are, if they can't go back to their timeline, then they're going to be reset and they're going to become TVA agents. Yeah. Right. And they're, Memories are going to be changed to suit the will of whatever the Time Lords are going to. Oh, my gosh. You know, the space lizards. The space lizards. Says. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's get to the last section of the plot for this episode. Um, the two make it into town with Sylvie asking Loki if they trust each other. He responds by saying, we do, and you can. Uh, to which she responds with, good, because this is going to suck. After fighting their way through falling debris, both from the planet overhead and the buildings collapsing around them, they manage to fight off some more guards. Loki, at one point, stops a tall structure from collapsing, almost 
reversing it back into place until they use the force. He used the force, maybe, yeah. <laughs> and then they they finally get to the base of the arc. Unfortunately, it's too late as they witness a giant piece of of moon uh, or or planet crash through the arc, destroying both it and any chance they have to escape. The camera closes in on a hopeless Loki uh, as disappointed Sylvie walks away. And that's the end of the episode. So I got to ask you, Daniel, what did you think of this final sequence? It was sort of done as like a one shot. What did you think of, of everything that was yeah. going on, the visuals, uh, these final moments? What a, what a beautiful moment this was. Obviously, you know, like with a, an episode that was a little bit lighter on the action, um, this really was such a beautiful sequence. This one shot take uh, beautifully directed by Kate Huron. Um, it was awesome just seeing them in this kind of like neon world that kind of gave me like Madripoor vibes yes. or like Sakaar vibes. Oh, yeah. Um, it was just really cool seeing them just kind of navigate through there and kind of fight their way through there, ultimately getting to that arc at the end and to see it explode, right? Yeah. So uh, what a, what an ending, what a cliffhanger of an ending. That should be illegal. It should not be allowed. <laughs> yeah. But again, I yeah. think what's going to make this episode feel even better is once we when we kind of pick up next week mm-hmm. and hopefully it's going to kind of jump off right from here um, and kind of let us know what's going on because there's still, I feel like so much more of the show we haven't, seen yet and uh, like from the trailers and that's what that's what's really exciting for me to see what's going to come next and you know for for this to be the kind of like the, the official like halfway point of the well, show halfway through um i'm i'm so in you know yeah. i'm just really enjoying these characters and them playing off each other and seeing loki and sylvie fight like that and sylvie's kind of using her her th- or her i guess her antlers to fight you know like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. cool like it just it's just so bad of seeing that and like i said like seeing loki fight anytime he gets the chance to fight is really cool because he just has a different way of going at it he's yeah. not just like punches and kicks like we see a lot in the mcu he's just there's a, there's like this style to it it's awesome yeah he's almost it's almost like he he's playing chess while fighting you know what i mean like every Definitely. move he makes is super calculated, calculated. you can see that right um Definitely. I, I enjoyed this final sequence with them running um the no cuts thing i think really helped to sort of it showed this like immense amount of pressure right of having a planet falling down yeah. on top of them and and i loved how it sort of just i was on the edge of my seat i thought the visuals were very cool it was very cyberpunk-esque as well um yes like very you know I, cyberpunk i guess because they were in the year 2077 um but <laughs> <laughs> hey listen man it wouldn't be the first time that we've had like video game references in the show you know kate here on the director is also a huge last of us fan and she kept that sequence uh in the be- first episode where we see ashley johnson in avengers on screen longer because oh, she yeah. loves the last of us and she wanted to keep her in there longer which i thought was really oh cool. that's super cool so, so that's why because um, i was wondering why that sort of was structured differently and i was like oh because they're yeah oh, okay. like to lead to, to end on that frame i'm like oh because she she just loves Ashley oh Johnson that's because awesome because she's ellie so that's awesome yeah, oh, shout really out cool. to ellie shout out to ellie um and then i gotta point something out here daniel that's just been bothering Please. me it's been bothering me and you know Tell me man we see Let's loki <laughs> we see loki he uses his magic in that one moment with the giant building falling down on top of him and then i think he even says something like i've got this or something like that and yeah. then he like reverses time like you can the the debris isn't like just sort of flying back like it literally goes back into place the smoke is reversed so here here's here's a little theory and part of this is something that um my my, one of my other hosts kevin sort of brought up for me uh, a big chunk of it i think that he when 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 sylvie tried to enchant him i think he enchanted her 
because okay so because i I, because kevin was saying that he didn't like a lot of the episode because a lot of it felt out of place for loki because loki was kind of you know he's in the bar he's being very loose with the whole thing he doesn't really seem to care as much and so you know i'm thinking did he get super drunk and then start to show his hand that he's actually enchanting her and then here's the kicker in the first episode you see him open the drawer right uh uh, casey's drawer with all the time stones and that's already a mind-bending moment but he picks up the green stone and that's the Ah, time stone time stone and we've seen him do the sleight of hand thing many times on the show um, oh yeah right and so what if what if he's got the time stone what if none of this matters and this entire episode he was just i don't know man (laughs) does that make any sense it does make a lot of sense you know and loki like you said, he's the he's the god of mischief, man. Like he is the master of misdirection. Yeah, and I think that would fit right in his. Like this whole episode could have just been him trying to learn more, right? Because he he knows he has the upper hand. I'm I'm here for it. I I am in support of your theory of this. I I dig that, and it could very well happen. Like I'm just saying, man. The next well episode happen. starts. They're both sitting on what we all thought was Vormir, and yep. <laughs> and they're and then he just like turns to her. And then just like everything starts like flowing. You see the meteorites going out of the ground, back up into the sky. The planet I starts. It. Dude, I'm just saying, man. man I, <laughs> I went to a much darker place. And just like, okay, we're back on Vormir. I'm like, is he just going to watch Widow fall? Like, what, what do you want? <laughs> oh, man? no, no, not that Like, far. oh, watch this. Have some popcorn. Watch this. I'm like, man, Nate, that's dark, bro. That would also be pretty dope as well. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that, but. Um, listen, I think it's about time that we get to our final rating. Um, so what I'd love is your final thoughts on this episode, as well as your final score. We like to give a score here on, uh, on Watch Club, uh, which we'll actually be ranking on a scale of one to five imaginary daggers of love. So uh, let's it. start with yourself. Uh, you know, I'm going to give this episode three and a half daggers. So I guess three daggers and a hilt. A hilt, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I had, I had a great time with this episode. I think it was a little bit slower, but I think the character moments between Loki and Sylphie make this episode for me. Um, and I just really dug that. Again, I'm enjoying, I'm loving the series so far. Um, and I, I just excited to see where it goes from here. I really am very excited to see where it goes from here. Very cool, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I very much agree with you. I think, you know, as I said at the top of the episode, I... I didn't find the pacing for this episode to be done as well as as the previous ones. Um, they took sure. a lot of time, both figuratively and literally, like walking through the exposition in this episode. Um, yes, I, I completely understand, and and I also kind of enjoy some of the fact that like this episode and like the show is meant to give us you know get audiences more and more comfortable with like the rules of time travel and multiverses for the MCU going Correct. forward. I just think that it was handled better in the last two episodes. Um, I loved the action in this episode. I think that was some of the stuff that they did really great for when we had it. Um, things really started to pick up when we see Sylvie fighting in her own body this week, uh, which is great. I I love the huge reveals that we're getting at the end of each episode. I hope they kind of keep doing that to keep us on our toes. Um, and, and I think this one delivered something just as big as last week. Because I think, you know, I was intrigued by the TVA agents, but now... Like, there's so much more that we can do. Like, there I, really is. I, I want there to be a so much second there. season of this show. And I don't, I don't know if, the, do you think that's going to happen? It could, you know, like, it'd be really interesting if they, if they try and approach a second season of this because we could technically just have a different 
dimensions Loki going through it and maybe he goes through things very differently and he's a different threat. So like Dude. there's a lot you could do with it, you know? Like and I think that's I think that's part of the magic. But I think something you said that you nailed like you know, when we look at all like a lot of these Marvel shows haven't had post credit scenes and they're at least in their first few episodes. Yep. But but what's been really good is that the episodes have been ending almost on those cliffhangers to keep you engaged for every week, which is kind of like gets you that same feeling of an after credit scene, right? So yeah, man. um they're they're just killing it with the endings of every episode so far. Every Tuesday night I get I get so stoked. Um I'm excited same. to see uh, Sylvie maybe grow in her relationship with Loki a little bit more. Um I think they're definitely gonna be friends. I, I want I, I wanna see I maybe in the so. right and, and in this second half of the season I'm just interested to see how it how it might work with with mobius and everything but um listen i i do think overall this episode suffers from a mix of like the best and worst aspects of shows like doctor who and the mandalorian that we brought up um but i was still really entertained through most of it so i'm i'm on board with you three daggers and a hilt so 3.5 out of five (laughs) imaginary daggers of love still still a great episode um, okay, so on Watch Club, we do like to end just by giving our thoughts on what we might see in the next episode or in the series overall in a segment we like to call our low-key perspective on what's going to happen. So without further ado, further ado, Daniel, can you give me your low-key perspective, my guy? I have a feeling we're going to see maybe like a flashback of Mobius's life before the TVA. Please. Maybe he's either riding a jet ski or a jet ski salesman <laughs> or something like that oh but jet ski sale- could, salesman he's just like you know? <laughs> have you seen have you seen this one wow have you I seen just, this one? Oh wow. wow oh wow you know um i would love to see that but i also think yeah. that you know we still haven't seen richard e grant on the show i think yeah i think we're going to see the either the big villain of this could be an older loki Ooh. or we could see loki having to amass an army of Lokis to take on another Loki. Oh my so gosh. I think, I think we're going to have a Loki army, a Loki overload. Dude, very, very that definitely would not be low key whatsoever. A whole not bunch of Lokis. Whatsoever. Oh my God. I mean, hop on the locomotive, right? <laughs> the Loki motive. Um, I also think too, like the, like, cause we've seen in the trailer, right? The president Loki. And so maybe, yes. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he does start. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Listen, I, I, uh, sort of gave away my, my low key perspective and my theory from earlier. Um, so that was kind of what I was thinking was going to happen in the next episode, but I will say one thing, Daniel, I think that we are going to see Luke Wilson in this series and he's either going to be a variant of Mobius or he's going to be Mephisto. Do you think we're going to get, can we get Mephisto in here somehow? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Nate, just for you, I'm going to say yes, man. Like we need, we need to have Mephisto showing up somewhere. Please, and it's going to happen. I mean, we got it's the night, we got the nightmare reveal earlier. Remember, right. he's like, we got the devil in the, st- the you know, the in, the, stained in glass. the stained glass window. Stained glass window. I'm just saying, it's possible, man. <laughs> Anything's possible. We're, go- we're leading, we're leading towards a multiverse of madness. We got to get Mephisto <laughs> at some w- point, right? It will be madness. If if he's not in it, then I will be madness. Um, anyways, I, <laughs> I made no sense. Uh, well, <laughs> before we go into our normal closing statements, Daniel, I wanted to just ask you: um, Did you want to take a moment, just one more moment, to plug anything that you want our listeners to check out on their sacred timeline? Yeah, you know, if you get the chance, we'd love to have you over to, to check out the movie podcast at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, TikTok, 
Um, wherever, whatever social media platform of your preference, check us out on there. Uh, we have brand new episodes every single Monday, and we have review episodes throughout the week. We have some uh, reviews coming up very soon for Fast and the Furious 9. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking to Black Widow cinematographer. So uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff planned for the summer and just for, you know, uh, the episodes coming down the pipeline. So we're really excited. And uh, if you have a second, of course, you know, just drop that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Do it. It helps us out a lot. Do it. And then do it for Geek Century again. Just, just, just do it for both of us. Just go on there. Get your mom's phone. She's not using it. You know, go into the podcast know. app. Five star everything. Just five, five star all of just, us. Just just sprinkle a little five stars <laughs> in your life. It's great. You know. Very cool. Well, listen, I can't wait to to listen to all that that movie pot, podcast goodness. Uh, and we'll make sure to have all the links to everything you just mentioned in the show notes uh, below for this episode. So please, everyone, go check that out. Go support these guys. I honestly, if you enjoy not just movies as a movie fan, but even just kind of uh, coming at it from a, a very like all three of you have such a good knowledge on the movie industry at large. And I think that's something that I'm more of a casual fan. So I really enjoy hearing, you know, when you guys start going into some of the more um, in-depth things with the movie industry that I'm just like blown away by. So I'm, I, I super, oh, that's I, very I, love kind of you. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, we, we have a great time. I'm, I'm lucky to do it with, uh, with, with Che and Anthony and uh, of course having you on a special guest as well too. So Dude. We, we love it. And it, we are going to, if you're going to hear more of my voice for sure, uh, and more of all their wonderful voices. I gotta have. We gotta have. You know what? If I can convince Anthony to spend an hour with with us talking about a show, I don't know <laughs> if it'll happen. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we have to convince him to do an hour with us a week. Yeah. So <laughs> it's already you know? that's already too much. All right. Well, well, we'll maybe I'll just join him on your podcast then. But uh, listen, we hope you enjoyed this week's planet destroying episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this episode or your predictions for the series well you don't have to travel to an apocalypse pretend to be a widower's husband and then get in a bar fight leading to the destruction of the entire planet around you instead you can just reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com little pregnant pause so, you know people look down at their <laughs> phones or whatever Dude, i got scared yeah. i was just like oh my oh, god what's happening did he freeze oh no um <laughs> <laughs> listen um oh, and just so if you don't know as well um we do have our more than just watch club we also have our regular episodes of the geek centric podcast with our latest episode out very soon where we share our thoughts on spielberg making netflix movies daniel spielberg what's he doing hypocrite he's he's a hypocrite absolutely we should we should you know or maybe he's just a variant maybe he's just a variant maybe you know what nate <laughs> we I, can't believe him i it's like Loki. all of your theories it's Loki. you know <laughs> <laughs> well uh listen uh we also share our thoughts on the you know the latest series that we've all been enjoying because we haven't had a chance to do that because we've been so busy with all the wonderful disney plus stuff thank you so much to disney plus canada for getting us all this wonderful stuff to review so look forward to that and make sure to give our uh, podcast as well a nice five-star rating because you are burdened with glorious purpose now we also have one last thing our other watch club right now where you can join justin darcy and i for our star wars the bad batch reviews every single week uh daniel do, are you a star wars bad batch fan 
loving it. I am two episodes behind right now, okay. but I am loving the show so far. So I'm I, I can't wait to catch up and then catch up with the the Watch Club as well. Totally, dude. Come come on, just listen to it. You know, maybe we get you on for an episode of that if you're interested. You listen, know what I mean? Man. They're nice Anything's and short. Possible. <laughs> Anything's possible in the multiverse. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me for today's apocalyptic watch club. And as we say, for all time, always. always.